Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesaya, king of the seven-round mock Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, and everybody's valedictorian. He is the reigning, defending, undisputed, Valedictorian of the show, AJ Johnson. <sighs> crowd goes wild. And the crowd <laughs> goes wild. What's up, everybody? It's a beautiful April 25th evening here in the city. It is officially draft week. We are just a few days away uh, from our Thursday spectacular <laughs> evening of full of greatness and fun. We've got episode 23 going underway here. We're going to be breaking down the AFC East and what those teams need in this year's draft. We've got a great show ahead of us. Gentlemen, how goes it? AJ, I'll start with you, Mr. Valedictorian. Oh, stop it. I mean, don't okay. stop it, but uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. It's draft week. It is upon us. As long as it felt like a month ago, that's how far away it is. It still blows my mind of how fast it got here. I'm super excited for Thursday. I'm super excited to go through the the last two divisions. Uh, looking at Aaron's mock unfold, it's been fantastic. I decided not to like try to you know put mine out at the same time. That's just dumb. Uh, I'm release mine Thursday it, morning. I was I was round. thinking I was thinking all of us drop our first round mocks on like Thursday morning, like that Thursday morning, so that we have it on record of what it's going to be heading into draft night so we can compare, we can discuss how many we got right, all that good stuff. I think that's how we have to how we, how we have to shake it out today, shake it out this year. That's, that's how it goes. Uh, but what I really think we need to do, most importantly, aside from everything that's going on, I think, depending on if Dylan gets valedictorian, I think we need a, a full sale academic decathlon, like a fun and games <laughs> Friday episode, just like they did in Billy Madison. Hopefully it doesn't end with gunshots, but we have to have a full sale academic decathlon for who is the true reigning defending valedictorian. And because I didn't get it, I can be the judge. I can be, I can be the guy that says you just made us all lose. Uh, we're just dumber now for hearing whatever answer Dylan gives for an answer. So I think I think we need to have that for a Fun and Games Friday episode. That's that's where we're at here. Well, I know one thing for sure: if there's a technology event, AJ will not win. If it has, <laughs> if it has anything to do with typing or making something work right, like AJ will not win. That'll be the yeah, event that AJ. Loses. People right now, I'll be beautiful. I can text. <laughs> hey man, this man. I no one this. in the entire. I don't think I've ever seen anyone in the entire world capitalize every single beginning of fir- <laughs> every single first letter of every single word in a sentence. Like, I've seen that multiple amazing. times. 
I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, every <laughs> time you read your text. No, I don't even read my text. Hey, you mean? I put that shit out without even <laughs> looking. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. We've got a great show ahead of us, though. We're going to be diving into the AFC East in just a few moments, but we have a top story that I guess needs to be delved into uh, here. Recently, uh, on Saturday, I should say, Byron Pringle, former Kansas City Chiefs cornerback now. Who does he play for now? Bears? He's a Bears guy now. Seriously, look at the graphic. I'm looking at my notes to make sure I'm reading the right headline, okay? Byron Pringle was arrested on Saturday after Florida Highway Patrol allegedly found him doing donuts in his car on a state road with a small child in his backseat. According to the report, there was an adult man in the passenger seat and a male juvenile child in the left rear seat. I mean, come on, man. Like, what? Like, like what? Why? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? See, see, hold on, hold on. Vinny, you should be slightly okay with what happened because we know how we get down in Florida. Like, yep. everyone does yep. donuts anywhere they can. What was dumb of him was he was doing this on a suspended license, like, in a highway area. Like, that's the dumb part. Like, you don't bring attention to yourself. <laughs> that's like, the dumb part. Not doing wait, donuts. Wait, wait. Not having a kid in the car. Not the having car. a child so, in the car doing so, donuts was the dumb part. But actually doing it on a suspended license? Yeah, because you're bringing attention to yourself. You don't need to. And, and also, and I've seen so many conflicting reports about this child and the size. It's like they're using the word small child to trump it up. <laughs> and then they're talking about a male juvenile. One said it was a teenager. So if he's five foot four and he just hasn't hit his growth spurt, he's 13, he might be doing donuts on a, on a go-kart outside himself. It's Florida. They do some wild shit out here. All I'm saying. AJ is really All, putting Florida man in place right now. He's really just, this is. It always happens in Florida, like 20 miles from Tampa. Like, why is all this Eric, Wait, 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 wait. First That's of all, have you, did you not know the originator of Ghost Ride the Whip and where that came from out here in the Bay Area? It's not just Florida. Oh, We've been man, doing these cars. These bikes. Hey, I will say, I will say, and this is completely off topic here. There, My street on Saturday was shut down because a car, like car people, did a group meet in the middle of one of the busiest intersections on our, on our roads. So that happened. But one thing I wanted to bring up with this and it made me think about this <laughs> is I saw recently in a press conference with Shaq Griffin for the Jags, cornerback for the Jags, he was talking about buying a new car and he was like, I have a driver for those type of things. And the reporters were like, you have a driver and lost their mind, like, like lost their mind in terms of like joking and stuff. He's like, yeah, I have a driver. When I get a new car, I, I drive it to back to the house but then I throw the keys to my boy and he starts driving and we, he drives me around. That's smart. That's smart right there. You have the money to get yourself a driver. I'm not saying always use your driver and not, and like be completely reliant on a driver, but like we've seen too many times now that this shit happens. And now we got a jabroni getting arrested for doing donuts with a small, maybe medium size, maybe semi-large. The, the size is still up in the air. <laughs> Child in the car. <laughs> well, not, not not an infant, though. We're not talking an infant. Infant is off the table. Nah. Small, medium, or large child in the car there with Byron Pringle after he was arrested recklessly driving on Saturday. Uh, it was a slow news weekend here. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before, <laughs> before you just glaze over this, the reason I wanted to talk about this is not because of what it was or what happened reason i want to talk about this is because this is the prime example of we get an nfl player who came from a situation which was great in kansas city right got to play with the best quarterback in football and patrick mahomes 
started to produce last year. He actually had a really good year last year, despite, you know, not being very, you know, prevalent on the team, right? He's like their fourth guy. Um, he had almost 600 yards. It was a career year. Prior to that, he only had 160 yards at most in a season. This is a guy who doesn't have kind of a history of being great. You get signed to a contract, a one-year deal by the Chicago Bears, and then you go out and do this. You got signed to a $4 million contract, and it's only for one year. What do you think this does to people's careers? It kills them. And I believe in the chat, Bailey put in uh, his career is over. You know what? Something like that could be very true. The fact of the matter is he's not talented enough to make those type of mistakes and continue to get contract after contract. It would not shock me if he doesn't get another opportunity in this situation. Um, it just goes to show you once again that these guys sometimes don't have common sense. This wasn't to me about, oh, did he have a child? Oh, did he have a suspended license? Like the fact of the matter is, is you're a professional NFL football player and you decided I'm going to go out on the weekend and I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to do donuts because that's what's cool. And to me, again, it just shows this level of stupidity that some of these players have. And uh, Byron Pringle is just the latest example. And the timing couldn't have been worse either. Like, I mean, yeah, right before the draft, right before the draft, right? Where, yeah. where we probably knew they wanted to look at towards a receiver. Like, now you're just giving them more reason to do so, whether they yep. cut you or they suspend you or whatever the case is. Right now, your trust has dropped so low on the Chicago Bears. I mean, think of that. You know, of course, it's a new regime, but still. So no, that's a great point. Well, it's a great point. They're already looking for weapons and you're not a great one. So now they're like, man, maybe we need to go up and spend a second round pick on a wide receiver, not wait. Maybe we need to trade up, whatever the, the case may be. So just stupid. When I done if he was in a Hyundai. Hey, is it Hyundai? Hyundai? How are we pronouncing it? How are we pronouncing it? I always Aaron? say Hyundai. Hyundai? It's, it, it's officially a Hyundai, but I call Hyundai. it a Hyundai. A Hyundai. 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 I'm going to go with Hyundai. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Hyundai. We ain't talking C-notes. We ain't talking big bills. <laughs> talking about a car. Uh, all right. That was our slow Newsweek uh, top <laughs> stories. I wanted to get into a question here. We can keep it quick. We can keep it short and sweet here. I just want to know from you guys before we move on to our AFC draft coverage, how much of the secondary football leagues you guys are concerning yourself with, whether it be watching it, following it in the news, reading about it, how much are, are you guys paying attention to these secondary football leagues? But and by that, I mean like the USFL kicked off last weekend, uh, the fan control football leagues buzzing with T.O. apparently in it uh, and Johnny Manziel. It's, that's that's happening. Uh, so, Aaron, how much are you paying attention to these secondary football leagues? Not much. Um, I watched <laughs> I watched the first game of the USFL, the end of it. It was pretty cool ending. Uh, it was a good game uh, in Birmingham. There was a lot of people there. And then the very next day was Easter Sunday and they, they were playing like all in the same location. Right. So there's no, there was no fans. It was like four people in the stands and nobody, nobody cared. Um, I will say this <clears throat> USFL is at least a brand of football that you can watch. It is them playing football, the fan control football league. Just get rid of it. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's wild. LTO, it is dumb. It, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you're entertained by it. To me, it's the dumbest brand of football. I will never watch it. I watched it for five minutes, turned it off. It'll never come on my TV screen again. I don't care who plays in it. Um, Michael Irvin? I, I hope, Michael Irvin I goes hope in there. The, you're not going to watch it? Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> I hope the XFL, because they're trying to do this when they, when they come out next year, they're trying to be innovative but change rules. I hope they're a little bit more – I hope they're a little bit more intelligent about how they want to show the game and not just make it some gimmick. Because I think if you make it gimmicky, 
I think it's gonna it's just gonna die like all the other ones have died. So um, USFL has its issues, but I do like the fact that at least it was a real brand of football, and, and I could watch it. I could tolerate watching. But other than that, I don't, I don't think. Hey, shout out new viewers. Shout out new viewers here. All hey, right, go ahead. what's go up, ahead, my AJ? guy? I, I don't have much to say about the USFL or the um, or the fan control football league, but I will say, like, I was pretty I was pretty into what the XFL was doing before the pandemic shut them down. It wasn't like amazing top notch football, but it was a hundred times better than the first go round of the XFL. And it was at least guys who acknowledged what the first one did for some players who were able to get into the league. You can see some of the talent showing. Uh, some of the coaching from the XFL moved on to the NFL. And there's always been things from the XFL that the NFL has been able to take from them. That's where they got the whole sky cam situation from and everything from the NFL. And I think they're going to implement some of the ways they do the reviews in the NFL from the XFL with those two leagues, not so much partnering, but at least willing to be in conversations with each other and work off of one another. I think we're in store for at least one true minor, so to speak, football league. Either way. It'll be interesting, somewhat entertaining at times, <laughs> somewhat comical, somewhat childish. Hey, at least no one's getting slimed in the end zone. I guess that's positive. I, mean, but I don't know. I don't I'd know. Maybe it. maybe that'll happen in the fan control football league. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but all right, thank you guys for answering that question for me. We're going to move on to the AFC draft uh, before we actually fully move on. AJ, Mr. Valedictorian, Mr. Ya Boy, my boy, everybody's boy. <laughs> Please, to, God Whoa. damn! There's so much B-roll in this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling down. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. Wait, what, what are you looking for? I'm, I have to scroll down to the music, feeding the ducks, uh, and then I gotta scroll all the way back up <laughs> to get the the transition, and then I gotta scroll back up to get the. Oh God! All right, AJ, tell them where they can follow us at. <laughs> All right. If you are looking for the best shit show on the ways, <laughs> <laughs> Sac City Pod is the best of all. Whether it's a shit show or the best football damn show you ever going to listen to, it is at Sac City Pod on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and of course on TikTok. It is draft week and we are getting better and better by the day. If you want to see Aaron Severell Mock at Sac City Pod on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to see AJ and Aaron and Vinny and Dylan's one round mock on Thursday before the draft at Sac City Pod on all those platforms. If you want to be a part of the Sac City Podcast draft special on, on Thursday night, get in a video. 30 seconds if you want. It's okay. I know it says one minute. We love one minute. But if you're shy, give us 30 seconds. Who's your team? Who do you want on the pick? Why do you want on the pick it? And send it to SacCityPod at gmail.com or one of those wonderful Sac City Pod socials that I just alluded to on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok. Sac City Pod is here for you. Come join the area code. Be a part of the city, baby. Beautiful, beautiful. Our draft special is going to be red hot uh, on Thursday. You are not going to want to miss it. It's going to be like last year we did it and it was great. This year we put in hours upon hours. We put in even, we, we put like 60 plus hours last year. We put in 120 plus hours this year. I mean, it's, it's a lot, a lot of times going into it, man. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have a, a great time with everybody. And uh, we're not trying to take you away from the draft. We're only trying to be there with you to react. No, that's cool. And watch. I, I think we can change that. We, we're trying to take you away. We can't okay. show it live due to copyright, right? We, we don't have the, the rights, but we're going to do everything we can to get as close to showing it to you as possible. So whatever you're seeing on ESPN, 
from those old heads and and Mel Kuyper and those guys over there that have been doing it for years that are outdated. Nah, nah, we got it fresh. They're not allowed to drink on the set. I'll be drinking, and and we'll be giving you some great. Hey, you got work to do. I don't know what you drinking. Hey, you might I'll be, be drinking. Now. I'll be <laughs> drinking. I'll be breaking it all down. I'm talking analysis. You're gonna know. You're gonna have up to date live picks. It, it's gonna be fun. Uh, get your videos in for that so you can be a part of it. I promise you, Thursday is going to be legit. We're talking four plus hours of just coverage and it, it's a lot so. it more it's more it'll be more yeah well thursday so so we'll be doing it we have our big no, I mean, draft special I mean, thursdays is yeah. the start of yeah and i just want to remind people we have our big draft special on thursday but we're also going to be covering it on friday as well so we're i mean it's it's stacked we are the place to be for this year's draft so uh don't miss it and bring your friends bring everybody make sure you share let everyone know that the Sac City pod is where it's going to be for the 2022 draft. Let's get into our AFC East coverage now and kick it off with the Buffalo Bills. Their picks are as follow. They need a cornerback, running back, defensive tackle, and a few other things. They have the 25th pick in the first round. Then they pick in the 57 for the second round, so on and so forth. If you are new to the show, we break it down very simple. We tell you who these teams need to be drafting, whether it be the first round pick, a second round pick, third round pick, we will specify, but we are telling you who these teams need to draft. Aaron, you have the bills in the first round. Who do they need to take in the first round? Yeah. So this one, uh, I thought a lot about it. It's not going to be consistent with like the mocks I put out. Cause the mocks are saying what I feel like the bills are going to do. Um, what I think the Bills should do, is continue to build that offense and continue to give Josh Allen everything that he needs in order to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to start right at the running back position. We know they have Zach Moss. We know they have um, Devin Singletary, but they need an absolute game breaker, game changer. And we talked about him the other day, and that's Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a guy, he's just electric. When you're talking about an offense with already a Stephon Diggs, already a Josh Allen, the Bills have struggled to find that run game over the past couple of seasons. And this is the guy that can do it. He's electric out of the backfield. He is his awareness. He runs four, three. Um, he's a legit three down running back. And you don't have to worry about kind of mixing and matching Devin Singletary with the Zach Moss. He's smart. He's patient. He understands how to get to the second level, how to read blocks. His footwork is great. Um, there's a lot of talk about not being used on third downs, or he doesn't have much experience catching the ball out of the backfield. But the fact of the matter is in college, a lot of those backs don't because they don't throw to the running backs a lot. I think he'll be fine there. The only area that I see that he needs some improvement in, which most young guys do, it's obviously the pass protection. Um, he does have some tread on the tires, right? Over 800 touches in college. But I think this is the guy that can come in day one and be an impact player on an offense that is already really, really good, if not great, and um, and be a game changer for that team as they take the next step to the Super I like that pick. I like that a lot. I mean, we talked a lot about Brees Hall being the best running back uh, in this draft. We talked a lot about him. But what I really want to talk about here with this pick before AJ goes next, it's the running back position, and it's the Buffalo Bills. With, with Devin Singletary, there were some spots during last season where Devin Singletary actually did very well. There were multiple games where he was a 100-yard rusher. He was producing. He was producing well for Buffalo. So what do you have to say to the people watching right now that are Buffalo Bills fans saying – we need a running back, but not as high as a first-round pick because Devin Singletary wasn't so bad last year. Well, I mean, we've seen this over and over again, right? Devin Singletary wasn't a first-round pick. He was a third-round pick, and he's been inconsistent at best 
over the course of his first three years. He has had a career year last year, but he still only touched the ball 188 times on the ground. And this is a guy that, yeah, at times he's going to have flashes, but he's not consistent enough. And what I'm talking about is a consistent running back to where you don't need to worry about switching it up. There's a reason why Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have gone back and forth over the last two years. There's a reason why Matt Breda came in there and had some touches over the past couple of seasons. It's because Buffalo doesn't trust that running game because those guys are too inconsistent doing it. To me, when you're a team that's this close to the Super Bowl, and we're talking an overtime game away with Kansas City, maybe that close, I think you don't have many holes to fill. You, we talked about maybe a slot receiver. We talk about a DB that's, that they're in need of. But in that situation in the draft, I think they can wait until a later round to get that, and they'll be fine if they go get an electric guy like, guy like Brees Hall. And this is where you get the running backs. Get, get them for five years or four to five years, and then when they ask for that new contract, you just let them go, right? The, I, I know I know we don't like to say it, Ruthless. but that's the way the business is. Run them into the ground for four years and then send them on their way. Let them get their big contract with somebody else because there's always willing somebody. there's always somebody willing to pay them. Yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head. That Those would have been the exact words I had. They, they clearly don't trust their running backs. I mean, how many healthy scratches are we going to have to endure from a Zach Moss before we say they need to do something at this position? You know, they thought they trusted Matt Breida. They let him go. Why not bring in a guy like Brees Hall who can help on so many different levels? Just hit a button. I have no clue what it does. Hopefully everything will be okay. Um, so, you know, I really like that pick. And honestly, like, the only reason I didn't make that exact pick, Aaron, was because I had just talked about him on Friday or uh, last week. And when I saw it here, I was like, damn, that would have been a great spot for him. And I saw you had a lockdown. So I went another route. Um, maybe not as big of a need, some people may say, but they did lose Cole Beasley. Um, Isaiah McKenzie came on strong, but I don't know how much they're going to put in him. And they added Jamison Crowder. But I still went with the wide receiver. And this guy for Josh Allen would be great because he's a deep ball threat. We know Josh Allen has a strong arm. I went with Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. You guys know me and Cincy have our feels for each other. And uh, Alec Pierce is one of those guys who was a uh, do-it-all type of guy for Desmond Ritter. One of the best stacking at stacking quarterbacks, just running verts and take and winning, winning, getting the leverage on the quarterback and getting downfield for these open passes. Size and explosiveness. I mean, he's a six foot three type guy, so he's got that ability to win in the end zone. But he ran an unofficial 4.33 in the 40, clocked in at an official 4.4. So he's got the quickness. He's got the acceleration. And his first couple steps gets him so far open that by the time the DB's covering up, he's going to have about 50 yards on him. Now with Josh Allen, something he'll gain that Desmond Ritter kind of liked last year. Desmond Ritter missed him on a lot of open throws, didn't lead him when he was separated by three and four yards at a time. I don't expect that being an issue with a guy like Josh Allen. Josh Allen loves to throw the ball deep. You can get this guy in on, on specific packages and hit him with the deep ball. He's got 13 deep receptions in the last seven games last season. That's the type of guy that Josh Allen could have some fun with in his future years. I know I'm, I'm really supposed to just, I'm supposed to go into mine. I have a question for you. I, and I know I'm, I'm we'll be fine on, on everything, but I have yeah, a question fine. for you with this. Just because you. of the fact that we did our top 10 wide receivers and Alec Pierce was a name that like, I was like, where is he? I was trying to get an idea on where he ranks in wide receivers. And then with you, your pick here, round two, pick 57. We had a, a, a prior show where it was going to be it, it, where we had like John Mechie who went in the second round around this same range. And John Mechie was ranked in 
like seven, eight range for us. Alec Pierce wasn't in our top 10. So what have, what did you see from Alec Pierce that makes him jump up and stand out to you worth a second round pick 57 big? So a part of this for me is, is the style and the talent of his play. The other part of me is, this is that spot I was talking about where these receivers are just going to kind of put a bunch of pinballs in there, roll the crank and see who pops up. You know, that's kind of the feel here. And with Alec Pierce, I think some teams are going to jump at him a little sooner just because of his size and explosiveness. Uh, John Mechie has a lot of questions, right? We know what his talent can be when he's fully healthy, but we, I, don't, I don't expect John Mechie to stay fully healthy. I expect him to come in, impact in some places, probably end up getting really hurt, coming back the next season impacted a couple places and getting hurt again. He's got a lot of issues internally uh, that people have uh, alluded to that may hinder him. Um, Alec Pierce, I think is, I think some teams are going to jump at the idea and you might be right. Maybe round two might be a little early, um, but I don't think coming back around for Buffalo that he would be there when they pick in round three. Vinny, I think um, part of that is it goes to the, what I kind of mentioned before with when you mock draft or when you say a player goes somewhere, a lot of time it's just about fit style of play what opportunity you're going to get when you're there and i think aj mentioned it when he talked about playing with the josh allen right that style of play that they want to do and going down the field when you had a when you have a stefan Diggs who can work all over and then you get a gabriel davis who's this big body receiver if you have a guy that can stretch the field like that excuse me those things are things that those teams are going to be looking for and maybe a john mechie doesn't fit that skill set at that particular draft slot but when we are ranking receivers maybe we're talking about just total I could see a situation where Alec Pierce going to the wrong situation, he becomes irrelevant. And, and that's the, and that's the problem where he, we're like, Oh yeah, he wasn't a top 10 guy versus just the talent skill set or body type alone. I think he has that, but I do think he has to be in the right situation in order for a team and a quarterback to exploit those assets. Um, Cause I don't know that you put him in a, any situation and he just starts thriving right away. I think it matters where you go. And I think Buffalo is that spot that AJ is talking about with a great quarterback that you don't have to do too much. Go be a deep threat early, and then you can develop that way. Fair, fair enough. Hey, yeah. it makes sense. That makes sense. I, I like to pick. I like it a lot. And I've again, I've heard a lot of th- good things about Alec Pierce. People are calling him a sleeper. People are liking him a lot. So I would not be surprised if he goes there. And it's a good pick for. Oh, for by Buffalo. the way, took my spot because I was going to go Alec Pierce to another team <laughs> in the AFC. Oh my goodness. Oh goodness. That's that's what I love about these shows. It's like you have to it is first come, first serve with our with our doc. It's we have the doc made, and whoever gets those players in first, that's yours. And if you lose it, it's done. I thought AJ be was, into a corner. Yeah. Yeah. For the first for the first time, AJ had his players in before everybody here. So shout out AJ for making that happen. Uh I, I'm gonna go next here to close the Buffalo Bills out here and uh I'm going to the third round. And before I bring up my player, I want to pull this bad boy up. We listed that cornerback as a need for the Buffalo Bills. This is their cornerback depth chart. Travius White and then everybody else. It really isn't that much. You lost Levi Wallace to Pittsburgh Steelers. I will say Teron Johnson did play well in the slot this past year for the Buffalo Bills. But you need one more. And I'm not saying go first round. I'm not saying go second round. I'm not even saying go third round, although I, after watching him and I'm really liking him a lot more, I'd go in the third round for this guy. Talked about him on Friday's show. If you missed it, he's my sleeper of this draft. It is Mario Goodrich, the cornerback out of Clemson. There it is. Mario Goodrich, cornerback out of Clemson. I am, I'm, I'm stamping this. 
Mario Goodrich will be a better cornerback than Andrew Booth in the NFL. Boom. That's what's going to happen. He is the best corner from Clemson this year. He has been the best cornerback at Clemson since 2014, according to PFF, at least. According to PFF, those are the rankings. Those are the statistics there that I'm feeding you guys. The Buffalo Bills need a cornerback. This man let up no touchdowns in 2021. He is a solid cornerback. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to pick the ball off every play. I talked about it on Friday's show. He's not going to be able to make those spectacular plays, but he is going to be able to shut down your number one guy. And I just, we have to bring it up. Who who came into the, uh, the, uh, the AFC East this year? You got Tyreek Hill twice a year. You got Stephon Diggs twice a year. You got Jalen Waddle twice a year. You got, if the Jets draft a wide receiver, you got that guy twice a year. You need a cornerback. And Mario Goodrich is going to be that guy. I saw you shaking your head back here. He's going to be better than Andrew Booth. Book it. I'm willing to come back to this five years from now. And, you have and talk lost about your this. damn mind. And you know what? I don't know what Bengals fans have done to you, but if you mention PFF, one more time <laughs> on your staff in a show. You don't even got a subscription, you told him. And now you're over here <laughs> quoting how oh, he's the best corner because of PF. Stop it. Just stop it. Mario Good. I'm not I'm not saying Mario Goodrich can't be good. But number one, first show some um, more respect to Ron Johnson, local boy, Sheldon High School, right here in El Grove. Stand up. He can keep it doing his quarterback. I know, I know. I just try to throw and, it out there. He's from and, my town. Went to Sheldon out. High School. That's my and, boy. PFF said he ranked seventh in the league among <laughs> average yards allowed in the slot or something like that. I, I disregarded I that because that. I didn't need, I didn't need Teron Johnson stats, but if you want to go there, that. I'll go there. I'm just saying, I just wanted to throw some love for the local boy out here in, in Elk Grove. So again, shout out to Teron Johnson. Um, but listen, when you're talking about a Mario Goodrich to, to debate whether he's better than Andrew Booth right now is just ass. I mean, you can list all the PFF stats you want. This is a guy that had a lot of penalties at Clemson, when he, especially on deep balls down the field, his awareness, keeping close with receivers. He's very heavy-footed. I'm not saying he can't turn into a decent corner, but there's a reason why he's being evaluated where he's at. Hey. He could be a sleeper. He could turn out to be okay. And I'm not yeah. saying it's a yeah, bad pick. Bad. I don't want people to think that I'm, I'm bashing your pick because in the fourth round, you get a guy with some potential. You get a guy that did play well in college at times. I, I think you're okay there, but... To, to say he's going to go out and be better than Andrew Booth, who is only dropping in draft boards right now because of an injury uh, that there's questions about and they're hey. unsure. I think we need to slow down on that point because, again, I was also going to go with the corner for the Bills in round one, and that was going to be Andrew Booth at, at twenty at 25. So I um, get two. It wouldn't be bad to get two, to be honest. I just, I just want you guys to stop saying he's going to be better than Andrew Booth hey. because that is a strength. One, he's going to be better oh. than Andrew Booth. And two... I don't know if you watched the Cheez-It Bowl this year, but Mario Goodrich was the MVP of the Cheez-It Bowl, not Andrew Booth. I don't know if Andrew Booth hey, played in it. You, but... you lost me at, I don't know if you watched the Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> and then I also don't, I cannot confirm nor deny mm -hmm. if Andrew Booth actually played in the Cheez-It Bowl. But Mario Goodrich, Buffalo Bills, round four, pick 140, book it right there. Uh, let's move on to our next team. It is going to be the New England page. Oh, boy. Aaron, it's the New England Patriots. They need a cornerback, a wide receiver, a safety. They got the 21st pick in the first round if they don't trade back like they normally do. Uh, and then the 54th pick, we will see what they do with their picks. But there is no place better to start when that 
than with our uh, our resident Patriots mm, hater. Hater. Uh, no, realist. <laughs> realist. Realist. Sorry, realist. 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 Let, realist. Let, let, let. It's gonna be my new term for hater. <laughs> I'm a realist. <laughs> um, wow, did it really do that? Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, start with AJ. Start with okay. AJ. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He goes, yeah, start with AJ. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Uh, okay. Uh not the resident realist. <laughs> Wait, that came out wrong. Damn it. Off to a booking start. Um, once again, I went a little different here. Uh, I know I saw the, you know, cornerback wide receiver safety. Um, I'm thinking about, a, am thinking about this defense and I'm thinking about a guy who can hold down the defensive anchor. We got guys who are a little older in that locker room. now, like the Donta Hightowers and I think they brought Malcolm Butler back. We don't have to talk about that. Um, so the guy I went with is going to be a steal. It's kind of funny to me because once again, the Patriots can just sit back and wait and allow this player to fall to him in more, in, in my opinion. And that guy is Kobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia. This guy is legit. Uh, people are talking about him possibly being the best linebacker uh, next to Devin Lloyd, him. Those guys are arguably bashing it out. But if you talk about this guy, Kobe Dean, and you badmouth him because of his testing at the Combine, you are doing yourself a disservice as a team because Nicobe Dean, despite his numbers, plays faster, plays tougher, plays stronger than just about any defensive player in this draft. This guy's a freak athlete. He can get from side to side. He can get north and south. He can get to the quarterback. He's got. He's built like a running back. You would almost imagine he probably played some running back the way that he breaks down these plays and is in the backfield so often. Now, I mentioned how good he breaks down plays. I still think in the NFL level, he's going to need to be a little faster at it, uh, but that will come with time and development and learning the game on that professional level. Georgia has been pumping out good linebackers for the past five, six years. Nicobe Dean is just another one of them right in that stock. The Patriots get him. They would happily, happily run that card up to the uh, podium and be very thrilled with the player they got. Nicobe Dean, round one, pick 21, book it. That's a good pick. That's a great pick. I think I think Nicobe Dean is like the set though, like the Sac City pod, like unanimous, like one of our one of our guys. Here at the Sac City mm. Pod, Aaron, you started. I'm not going to take credit from you, but you started the love for Nicobe Dean, and I think we've all hopped on that train. Fun fact, and fun fact, um, he is. So I'll give away a, a mock draft pick. That's who I have going to the Patriots. Ooh, nice. Look at you look at you, and you nice. did not, and you have not shared that mock draft with anybody but myself. So uh, that is a that's a solid pick right there. That is a solid pick. Uh, I will go next, and I will go with another uh, another SEC guy though, uh, but not in the first round. I'm going to go in the third round for the New England Patriots, and I am going to take. Jalen Armour Davis, the quarterback out of Alabama. Yes, I know what you're saying. I'm not an Alabama guy for the Alabama fan. No, that's not what I'm going to say in here. This guy right here, Jalen Armour Davis, he this guy, he is built like an NFL quarter cornerback when you look at him. He's got raw talent. He is all SEC cornerback last year. He is perfect for the third round and perfect for a New England Patriots team that just lost J.C. Jackson. He's got high upside. He's patient. He's a former track star. So, hey, you got Tyreek Hill in that division. You're going to be able to keep, well, kind of keep up with a Tyreek Hill. <laughs> He's got great recovery speed. I know what you, you can say, Aaron, about this. He's very raw. Like, that's one of the biggest things I've read about him. I've seen about him. I've watched it. He is very raw. His technique is very raw. He has the tendency to get beat from time to time. 
But the thing that stood out to me was what I just said right there, his recovery speed. And his speed, that, 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 that's the key word with him, speed. He's fast. He's athletic. He recovers great. He's an athlete, like we say on the show all the time. And uh, I think he'd be a perfect fit for the New England Patriots uh, in the third round. I don't I don't actually have an issue with it. I do think he is raw, but if you're going to be a raw corner, what better spot to go to than New England, right? With Bill Belichick, who's developed a number of corners over the years that we weren't really highly touted out of college or anything like that. So I actually like the pick here. Um, they definitely need help in that secondary after losing a guy like JC Jackson. I know Malcolm Butler's going to try to, you know, make some resurgence in his career. But I, I like I like Jalen Armour Davis. I think he could be something like kind of a project that Bill Belichick can mold into what he wants to be. Um, you know there's going to be ties there with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. So um, you, you got to like that aspect of it. For me, um, I also went with the secondary. I went deep. I went, you went third round. I went so deep. I don't know. We can barely, people might not even know who this is. Yikes. Um, he, he did play in the Big Ten, but I, I went with the corner, and it's Tariq Castro-Fields, not Justin Fields, but Tariq Castro-Fields from Penn State. Um, you mentioned you mentioned like the length and and being that kind of like prototypical guy. This is a six foot corner with he understands defense. And the reason I always go to players like this in New England is because they only draft smart football players. He is a very very smart football player. He's not the most athletically gifted. He has he's a long strider. He can get up to his speed quickly and stuff like that. But he's just a smart football player. And he's he's a guy that wants to hit. He comes up. He makes defensive plays. He's gonna. He's not going to shy away from the run game. To me, I look for a fit. I think this is a fit for New England and a guy that's very, very football intelligent. And that's what Bill Belichick tends to draft. It's the same reason why I was going to go with an Alec Pierce there. It's the same reason why I would talk about N'Kobe Dean going to New England. He wants smart football players. He will choose smart football players over, over athletic football players every time. And so I wanted to stay consistent with that. You'll see that in my mock draft. Every player that I have mocked to New England is a smart, intelligent, high football IQ guy, leadership at their school type stuff. Um, Cause I think that's what New England tends to go for. And it, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I don't think it yeah. go, it's going to work because football's different. Now they continue to do the same thing. Um, but for guys like N'Kobe Dean and then a uh, Tariq Castro fields who has some upside, but it will be a project. I, I just think that's where New England um, tends to look. So I went, we all did. We all did like smart picks for New England. The, the, those character guys, Nicobe Dean coming out of Georgia, smart guy, Jalen Armour Davis coming out of Alabama, Nick Saban connection, uh, and then uh, Mr. Fields coming out of Penn State, a smart cornerback there. Uh, solid picks all around. Uh, oh boy, it's the it's the Miami Dolphins. They are next here on our list. They need a center a tackle, a defensive line. And I can say all of their picks in one breath. They have the 100, 102, 125, 224, and 247. That's their picks in this draft. They almost have as many picks as needs that we listed. It's great for the Miami Dolphins because they went out and acquired Tyreek Hill. Uh, so they don't have a first-round pick. We all started at pick 102 for them. All of us have a good pick at 102. AJ, you can kick us off. 
All right. All right. So uh, I like the fact that we all have these wonderful like minds and understand kind of what needs to happen here. It's, uh, I'm not going to overthink it. The Miami Dolphins did right by Tua to get him some weapons to throw the ball to. They got him some weapons in the backfield to run the ball. Now they need to get him some protection, and they have the blessing to focus that on the draft. So I went with the tackle out of UCLA, Sean Ryan. This guy is just a natural athlete for his size. Uh, like some of those other big guys, he's got a, a rugby background, was actually qualified to be on the Olympic team for rugby. He's got quick and powerful hands. He's probably going to slot in at a guard spot, but he can also play tackle, which gives you some versatility to see if William Eichenberg has taken a step forward or if this guy's ready to come in day one. He's massive lower half. He's got insanely large hands. So when he's at the punch, that packs a great size of power, and he drives. When he's pushing through, he's driving. If he's finding himself back, he's dropping you down to the ground. He's finding his ways out of tough spots. He obviously isn't polished. We're talking about a round three pick here. Uh, he's going to need to get some of the tech technicality a little bit better. Need to get his base a little wider. Sometimes it gets him slow from the step. Um, but other than that, he I think he's going to be slotted in very well. And maybe the back half of the season in a pinch or starting next season, you might see him be one of their top tier guys. Yeah, I think we were, I think we we're all consistent here. I think we all were focused on what Tua needs to kind of improve and and the especially up front with the Miami Dolphins. I also went offensive line. I went an interior guy as well, but he has the position or he has the ability to play both outside and inside. Um, I think their biggest need is the center, but I I stayed away from center here. I went with Matt Waletsko. Uh Matt Waletsko, again, a guy that we're talking about from <clears throat> excuse me, from North Dakota who is one of my sleepers. As a matter of fact, on Friday's show, had I been on the show, he would have been my sleeper pick. He is actually climbing up draft boards. He had a great showing at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's really, really long, has excellent arm length. He can put on a little bit more weight, but he has really good initial quickness. He can get in the zone run game. He can backside cutoff. He can get into combo blocks. He has really, really solid movement to climb to that second level. I think if you're trying to build an offensive line with a run first and then deep play action to Jalen Waddell or Tyreek Hill, you kind of want those type of guys. I think he can, he'll probably start the season as a backup for behind Robert Hunt, um, who, you know, is famous for, for the play last year. But uh, I think it's a guy that by the end of the season could take a job if Miami goes and selects him there at 102. Again, I do think center's more of a pressing need for them. But I think if you get a guy like this, this is going to be a staple on your offensive line for years. I would not be shocked. I know we have a third round. I would not be shocked if this guy goes in the second round. Uh, Matt will let's go. Keep your eye out for him. He's been climbing up draft boards. Um, yeah, third round pick 102. It's a good pick. That is a good pick. And we all went offensive line. Like That was the biggest thing for, for the Miami Dolphins with the first pick. You've gotten your weapon for your franchise quarterback. Now you got to protect your franchise quarterback. You brought up the center position, though, and that is where I went. AJ, it's a Lindstrom. It's a Lindstrom for me. It is Alec Lindstrom, not... Chris Lindstrom for the Atlanta Falcons, but his younger brother, Alec Lindstrom from Boston College. Aaron, this guy, I know, I hear it. I hear it now. He's undersized. That's the first thing you're going to tell me after this. But he is arguably the smartest player in this draft when it comes to just knowing the game, his football IQ. He's got great control and he's mobile. He's a bully. He's got all the, all the characteristics of a good center, which is exactly what the Miami Dolphins need. But the biggest thing, and I talked to our resident X's and O's guys on the show, the Muxaya, about scheme fit here, because I was like, 
I think this is a, a good scheme fit for the Miami Dolphins. He fits that outside zone run heavy type of offense. That's exactly what's coming over here from the San Francisco 49ers from that's the new system here in Miami. So that is what Alec Lindstrom is perfect and a perfect fit for. We said they needed a center. Uh, I believe AJ, you were the one talking about coming in, being a backup or Aaron was talking about coming in and being a backup might not play at the start of the season, but eventually earns that job. That's exactly what Alec Lindstrom can do here uh, behind theater at center. He could end up taking over that center position by season's end and be that anchor right in the middle for Tua Tungavailoa moving forward, but he's undersized. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went undersized. I wasn't even going to go there. I actually like the pick a lot. Um, I do think they need a center. Um, I, I don't. I won't even. I won't even say any negative. I won't say anything. Don't lie to me. You can do. You can say negative. No, you I, want. I won't say any. I won't say anything. I won't say anything at all. It, it, I, I like it. Yes, he's he's undersized, but that doesn't matter. At center, that's the one position you can be undersized. We've seen great centers be undersized, and um, I don't think it's a, a big deal. If he's an undersized guard, and you know he's got to go up against those bigger defensive linemen, then maybe. But as a center. Your main thing is to control the line of scrimmage to, you know, obviously you, you mentioned his intelligence and his high football IQ. That's more important to me than his, than his size. If he's able to get good leverage and be able to combo block and get to the next level, a lot, there's very few teams that at this day and age and this style of football with so many outside zone schemes and so many read option schemes that are lining up guys right over the center and say, just go demolish the center. Not like that in the NFL very much anymore. So he's free to kind of roam, get some, get some leverage, get some momentum. He's going to be going to the second level blocking linebackers a lot. Um, I don't think it's a, a huge disadvantage to be as, as if you were a guard. So uh, I really like the pick. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's in his blood. <laughs> You're welcome. It's in his good. He's a Lindstrom, you know, AJ, you know, all about that. You, you know, all about that. Uh, but, all right. Last team. It is the J E T S jets, jets, jets. They're on the clock here. They need a safety, a linebacker, a cornerback amongst other things for the New York jets. They hold the fourth and the 10th pick in the first round, followed by the 35th and the 38th in the second round. The New York jets are primed to keep rebuilding this team, keep building around Zach Wilson and moving forward in the right direction. But what pieces do they need in this draft? Aaron, you have pick four for the New York Jets here. No, or AJ has pick four for the New York Jets. Wrong <laughs> A name. My bad. It's okay because I like this. Yeah. I like this way. Uh, me and possibly Aaron next. This is a very good combination because the interesting thing about this is Aaron and I clearly differ on when they need to do something here. We, we understand with your pick four for the Jets and your pick 10 for the Jets, you're trying to, you're trying to get the best combination of those two unless you're trying to get Debo Samuel, but that's another conversation. I am sitting here at four thinking that the best thing that they could go and do right now is to go and get themselves a lockdown corner, and there's no other corner that is as locked down as a mod sauce gardener out of Cincinnati round one pick four, this guy might be the best cornerback prospect since, since Jalen Ramsey tall, lanky, quick, violent, and great balls, ball skills. This is a guy who has shut down an entire side of the field who loves to let people throw at him because he's going to do what's best for his team. And that's winning at the point of contact allowed just 6.6 .6 yards per catch total. 
2021, not to mention against your Alabama Crimson Tide, only allowed 14 yards. 14 yards on three catches and four targets in the playoff semifinals. And we know they didn't win, but it wasn't because of him. Zero touchdowns given up in his entire three years of his career. Only allowed 60 catches, 138 yards total over three yards in man-to-man in over three years of man-to-man coverage. Obviously, like anybody else, he's going to have weaknesses. But these weaknesses for a guy like Sauce Gardner is you having a nitpick to find things that you can help him improve on the next level because he's ready to go. This guy is going to be a game changer after losing a guy like Marcus May, not having too many great cornerbacks still on your uh, on your roster. A lockdown guy at four. Grab him and don't look back. You can make some good choices at 10 after making that decision. Sauce Gardner is just you two love Sauce Gardner. And he has really <laughs> just just flown up in this draft. Route. Like he has just been like because it was originally Derek Stingley as the number one corner. And then it, it came fast that Sauce Gardner went ahead of him. You ever just have a feeling about a guy where it's just either it's he's a bust or like a a. a, a star in the making like you ever just have that feeling you can't explain what that feeling is but you just have that yeah. gut feeling you guys have that before oh yeah of course all the time. All the time. Yeah. of course i i just have a weird feeling that sauce gardener is not going to be as good as you uh as you guys think he is i don't i have no stat like like people are gonna just eat me like alive they're going no. to bury me on the internet no that's it's fine to have that it's fine to have that you're wrong but it's fine to have that I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's Sauce, Sauce Garner is going to be an elite defensive back in the NFL. There, there are so many reasons why he's going to be an elite defensive back. His production at Cincinnati is just some of those reasons that he has the perfect build to be an elite uh, defensive back. He has very good hands, very good footwork, uh, ball skills, leverage, like everything he does. If you watch him and watch an elite defensive back, he's that. It's the prototypical elite defensive back. Everything he does. Um, there's very few positions in the NFL that translate directly. Like when you, that, the game changes when you get to the NFL, but so many offensive schemes do in college. Now what the NFL does with these spread it out pro style, uh, quick screen game. That's what he's seen his entire career. Nothing is going to be new to him in that sense. It's just covering wide receivers. And when you're a man to man guy, majority, which he is the majority there's going to be a team that just says, go lock down that side of the field. And he's going to be like, okay, I've done that my whole life. For him, it's easy. For Jalen Ramsey, it was easy. For Patrick Peterson, it was easy. Like these guys that were such high commodities coming out of college, for those guys, it's not a big deal. They've been doing it their whole lives. Those are the prototypical cornerbacks. That's what Sauce Gardner is. I don't think there's any doubt that in three years, we're going to be talking about Sauce Gardner is one of the best cornerbacks. It's, that's fair. That, I, I'm not. I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he can't. It's just that feeling. feeling. But you're, that you're feeling. I'm not discounting your feeling because I have that feeling about guys all the time. Chris Olave, for instance, everybody tells me he's going to be great. I can't dispute what he's done. I just don't think he's going to be great. Like that's a, a feeling I just get. So uh, you're not alone in that having that about guys. I feel like that's a commonplace, especially when you're evaluating talent and we've seen it before right we've seen guys that were supposed to be great (laughs) and they turn out not Um, i I did think it was interesting i did think it was interesting um and i went this route on purpose because everybody i know has the jets at 10 going receiver after taking sauce gardner at four or stingley or one you know one of the defensive backs or maybe even an edge rusher or something um i want to you brought up a depth chart earlier i'm going to name some names here bryce hall 
Brandon mm-hmm. e- equals Michael Carter, the second, not the Michael Carter running back. Uh, <laughs> ja- Javelin G- Gidry or Guidry. These are the defensive backs. Um, they do. They do have uh, DJ Reed, which came over from Seattle. Their free safety is Ashton Davis. I don't know. I, I don't know who that is. Uh, and then they got Jordan Whitehead. Um, the secondary is an issue. It, it, it's a big issue. We watched what they did last year in a Vera Tucker, a Michael Carter, and Elijah Moore. I thought they had an amazing draft. I think that continues this year with all their picks. I don't see it changing. I haven't seen this yet. But if you can get Sauce at four and this Oof. man right here at 10 and Kyle Hamilton, you instantly become a threat as having one of the better secondaries in the NFL. And I'm going to say it. This guy right here, there's people talking that he doesn't have the the size or the measurables or whatever, the speed. I don't know what they're talking about. This is a football player. He is everywhere on the field, and he's an absolute playmaker. If the Jets get him alongside a sauce gardener, that secondary is going to be a problem. It's like Miami last year with um, kind of with their secondary. Rare length, movement, um, his, his ability to get into passing lanes and create mismatches. He can guard tight ends. He has very good feel in zone coverage. He can play underneath coverage. He can go drop back and play deep. Um, some people have said he's kind of like a Jamal Adams, but I don't see that. I think he's a little bit better in the past game. Jamal Adams kind of just lost that completely. But when tracking the ball, there's nobody else like him in this draft at the safety position. I think with him and Sauce Gardner, the Jets have a, a huge difference on the defensive side of the football, and it fits what Robert Sala wants to do. Um, yeah, give me some Kyle Hamilton at 10. Forget, forget going Drake London. Forget going Jamison Williams. You got Elijah Moore. You sign Braxton Berrios. I I say go with the defense and and call it a day. I just want to applaud you. That that was fantastic. I actually, I have not seen that. And because of all these media pundits saying it the same way, same way, same way, the thought didn't even really enter my mind. Like, I honestly thought you were just like, well, I think they should get their receiver at four or maybe the edge rusher because a lot of people think they want to get an edge rusher like a cave on Thibodeau at four and they get Kyle Hamilton at 10. This would be the best mesh that they can do to solidify that backfield. Now, even if they're not getting pressure, you guys are locked down in the back. And the way Kyle Hamilton plays football, you can talk about his speed being lacking or you wish there was more explosiveness or somewhat. But at the same time, Every time you see the ball and a play come to the end, you're going to ask, how the hell did Kyle Hamilton get there? He is always, always around the ball. He flies to the ball. He gives 110 in effort. I love that idea. That would be a great 4-10 stack for the Jets. This, we talked about it. Receivers are deep. You can get this in the second round. You can trade back into the first round if you really, really want to. You don't need – I think this would be a perfect way to go. Sauce at 4, uh, Kyle Hamilton at 10, and you're a very, very happy team. I, I'm on your side on this one, especially with the fact that what you just brought up, AJ, with the fact that they could easily take a wide receiver at 35 or 38 or package those two picks to come back in and get a guy who we all love in Jahan Dotson in like at pick like 20 in the draft. Like if you if you tell me the Jets end up with Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton and Jahan Dotson in this draft, they're, 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 that, that's, that's on Friday. We're talking about how the Jets won the draft. Or on Saturday, Saturday we're talking about the Jets win the it, It's it's impossible. That like that that's perfect. That is a perfect first three picks for the New York Jets. Uh, whether that happens or not remains to be seen. Uh, I went a little deeper for the New York Jets here. I went in round four, pick one eleven. I went super deep for this one, like Aaron deep. 
kind of on this one. Eh, maybe not Aaron deep because he went round five, but I went round four here. My pick is you just got a friend request from the most basic name in college football. I present to you, Zach Tom, the tackle at <laughs> a Wake Forest. Zach Tom, man, he, the, the name does not do it justice. This dude is undersized. Sorry, Aaron. But <laughs> when you look at his measurements, he's actually not that undersized. His measurements in terms of arm length, uh, hand size, it all matches up with your prototypical NFL starting left tackle. So he's got that. And AJ, I'm sorry to do this to you, but he absolutely dominated Jermaine Johnson when they played Florida state to the point where Florida state had a game plan around Zach Tom and get Jermaine Johnson on the opposite side to avoid this guy. He's technically polished in pass protection. Like he is solid. I'm not sure how this guy is not higher on draft boards after what I've seen. He's got a, sorry for the PFF reference here, Aaron highest offensive line grade from PFF since 2015 in the ACC. Like this dude is a monster. He's got the frame for an inside uh, for an interior offensive lineman. He played two years at center, but he's been solid at left tackle. And with the New York Jets, you can literally have your two bookends for Zach Wilson in Makai Becton and Zach Tom. And I know they've got uh, I can't remember the guy's name. That's that they're starting left or right tackle right now. He played solid last year. You can have Zach Tom come behind him and replace him the following year and be your starting right tackle. This is a perfect pick for the New York Jets, in my opinion. George fan. Um, George fan. George, George fan. fan. He had a good last year. He had a good season last year, from what I read, from what I saw, from what I saw on film. When, all when that he checked stuff. PFF. When he checked PFF. No, uh, no, thanks, no. There was nothing you, about Thank George you, fan. Bengals fans, for sending Vinny uh, $17.99 for a subscription to PFF. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know they're from Cincinnati, right? Uh, That's why I throw it up. <laughs> So I actually really, really like this pick. And the reason I feel like he's dropped is because in the run game, he doesn't generate much push. A lot of it's just stand kind of straight up stalemate type stuff. And in, in running games, they want push on, on the line. So I think that's what is kind of holding him back. From a pass protection standpoint, I really like him. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't know what else there is outside of maybe that, that physicality to just kind of push guys back. Um, that is keeping him from kind of going up on draft boards. Um, I actually did a player comp with him when I was going through my mock draft. He reminds me a lot of Mitch Morse, light, not, I mean, kind of like Mitch Morse, who's been a really good offensive lineman, right? We talked, um, I think, I think there's some potential here. And if the Jets can get, now you're talking in the fourth round, a guy like this, the sauce gardeners, the Kyle Hamilton, John Dotson, or even some of those second round edge rushers or, and wide receivers, they are going to have a, a chance to have a really, really good draft here and supply Zach Wilson with everything he needs to be successful his second year. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl or division, but to take that next step in which we talk about that sophomore year a quarterback needs to take, they are going to be set up to do that with a lot of young talent. Um, it's going to be up, up to Robert Saw to get that, but I, I really like the Zach Tom. Could be better than the New England Patriots next year. I don't know. Well, oh, first of all, first of all, I know I said that last year. I'm going to say it again this year. The New York Jets <laughs> will be better ever. than the Patriots because I the Patriots are doing nothing. And and today they traded their sixth rounder for two He's seventh so rounders. He's so like mad about that. To, dude, so it mad. makes no sense. Bill Belichick, I, you're the goat and all that stuff. But Jesus Christ, man, stop it. Just You're not smarter than the entire world. Stop it. 
as long as Mac Jones is the quarterback for the New England Patriots, the Jets will always finish higher than the New England Absolutely. Patriots, no matter what happens. That does, it. that does it for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again on Wednesday for more New England Patriots. What was the word, AJ? What, what was the word that he used? Realism. Realists. Realist. Realist. More New England Patriots yeah. realists from AJ from Aaron Mukes over here. We're talking the NFC East. We're going to break down their draft needs on our final draft show before the draft on Thursday. You're not going to want to miss it live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Belly Up TV. Until then, for my best friend Aaron Mukes and for the valedictorian, your boy AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you Wednesday. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And 